This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hello there and welcome to the Bite Size Business Breakfast, the very best bits of today's show. It is the 29th of December. It's a Friday, our final show of 2023. And as you would expect, we've got a big focus on the economics of New Year's Eve. Going to hear from the taxi driver, well, the boss of a limousine company, Black Lane, Nicholas Susail. He's been talking about demand for taxis and limos on New Year's Eve. The restaurateur's perspective as well, Spiro Panagakis of BB Social Dining. They've had to cut their prices down in IFC this year because demand isn't quite as strong as they would have thought. And ditto, the yacht broker, Seven Yachts. We've been speaking to the general manager there, Mihai Sretsa. He says that 2023 has not been a great year for luxury yacht charters here in Dubai to the extent that some of their yachts have been sent to the Maldives where there's more demand. All of that to come. First up, though, let's dive straight into our top stories this morning, including an update on the latest in the Red Sea. Let's get the latest on the Red Sea now. Sean Evers joins us. He's the founder and managing partner of Gulf Intelligence, an energy company based here in Dubai. Sean, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Richard. So oil prices easing. The headline is that the fears about disruption in the Red Sea are being allayed somewhat by the operation and the naval task force that's been deployed. What do we know? Well, certainly it's, uh, you know, what was building uh, before Christmas and over the Christmas week to be a significant potential threat to world trade uh, has eased back somewhat. One would have to note that the easing back has been due to obviously the U.S. building a more muscular naval presence in the Horn of Africa, but also because the Houthi rebel force that obviously operates out of Yemen has also stepped back uh, from the brink. And they could obviously forward again and and start to uh, reignite that flame a little bit. So I would see this more as a a timeout rather than a resolution. Yeah, because the, the challenges still remain. We know, for example, that while some shipping companies are resuming some traffic through the Red Sea and the Suez Canal, others are not. Hapag Lloyd, for example, has said it is still too dangerous. Let's remind ourselves what the United States has had to say about this. It's about a week since we've had Operation Prosperity Guardian launch to safeguard shipping in the Red Sea and the Suez Canal. This is Matthew Miller. He's a spokesperson for the US State Department explaining the rationale for that naval task force. Attacks on ships in the Red Sea are not just an attack on those ships, are not just an attack on those crews, are not just an attack on the country from which those ships hail. They are an attack on international commerce. So it's something that affects not just the countries in the region and not just the parties who are, are affected directly by the attacks, but it affects the entire global economy. And of course, Sean, some of those ships are oil tankers. We had crisis talks this week between Narendra Modi of India and Mohammed bin Salman of Saudi Arabia after an Indian oil tanker was hit in the Red Sea. How is this playing out on the oil markets? Listen, this is a very difficult time in which to really make deep assessments on the oil market. Of course, it's a festive season. The markets don't have a lot of liquidity. Any particular development or uh, you know unexpected event can have a bigger, create bigger volatility in the market. Uh, so ultimately, this is 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 a market moving event on normal occasions. A little bit more dramatic at this time. I think the market generally expects this to be resolved. We've always had. 
over the recent years, obviously, as we know, living in the neighborhood, there's been multiple moments in which shipping has become victim to piracy, victim to random attacks, getting sucked into the wider geopolitical turmoil, uh, but ultimately uh, it's never been uh, escalated to a state where it becomes major in disrupting international trade and in disrupting international oil. So I would wait to see where the new year comes, January, people back at their desks to really assess how big a, big a factor this is. But this is an oil market that that is very well supplied at the moment with over 5 million barrels of idle supply not being used. There's no panic in this market. Finally, let's talk about India in a little bit more detail because this week we've had a landmark deal, the first ever payment in Indian rupees for crude oil purchased by India from the United Arab Emirates. You've been watching this one closely. Why does this matter? Listen, it matters in the context of what it signals. This has been a, you know, there's been a few threads through 2023 in the oil market. One has been the idea of pricing oil and commodities in other currencies than the dollar. I think, to be honest, it's just more decoration on the Christmas tree. There's nothing really substantial here. Clearly, there is some long-term questions about the dollar with the U.S., uh, said, you know, U.S. government now cover, carrying over $33 trillion in debt. Uh, the the, the long-term viability of the U.S. dollar is certainly every day that goes forward is going to become a question mark. India and China, other currencies will sort of bid to seek some sort of role at the table. But one cargo in a rupee is really meaningless other than it makes a good headline. Uh, but I, I, I don't see a trend here. Sean, great talk to you as ever. Appreciate your time this morning. That's the voice of the founder and managing partner of Gulf Intelligence, Sean Evers. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. We're looking at the business of New Year's Eve. Hotels, restaurants, yachts and transport. Who's gonna drive you home tonight? Yeah, Sunday night set to be busy for ride-hailing taxi and chauffeur services. But how busy is the question? To answer it, we have Nicholas Sukane, who is UAE General Manager for the chauffeur service Black Lane. Nicholas, it's lovely to have you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So how busy are you going to be this New Year's Eve? Very busy, very busy, um, twofolds. I mean, we're very busy planning for it, um, training our chauffeurs to make sure that they really understand how you're going to be, they're going to be moving around the city and um, what to potentially expect in terms of road closures. And, and obviously also very busy because uh, our guests are booking in advance and, and getting planning for the evening. Okay, let's start with the bookings. Where are you at at the moment compared to other New Year's Eve? Give me a sense. Oh, I would say... Quite, quite busy, um, but I would a big bit of a change from last year. I would say the demand is more coming from local customers than um, to, uh, you know people visiting the city. Uh, so, but busy still, right? So I think there's um, it's it's one of the biggest events around the world uh, here in Dubai. It's up there with Sydney and and, and New York, right? So well, we do have um, uh, a lot of demand for the for the for the night. Talk to me about that shift in demand. Is that just for New Year's locals versus tourists, or is it wider than that? 
I would say it's wider than that for us, um, but also it's also because we've we've launched a new product, which you know used to be very um, uh, visitor centric, and today it's more um, um, Dubai centric. We call it localized product, and people can book us on demand. Um, and so we we've seen a, a shift also in our customer base in Dubai, where you know we've gone from thirty percent. Um, Local customers, 70% uh, international customers, and that's completely flipped around for us. Yes. Okay, so uh, booking in advance, are you fully booked out already or is there still capacity? We still have capacity, uh, but it's getting close to n- no capacity. And, um, and and the thing with New Year's Eve is a lot, because of the road closures, uh, our cars you know, need to be available um, for our guests, around, especially around the Burj Khalifa um, for to pick them up at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. and and to in order to be there they need to to park early before the road closure. So we we have some capacity that is kind of blocked to make sure that we can pick up our guests on time uh, as the party ends. What what time do they park? So they would park there around 4 p.m. Yes, and and wait for our guests at 1 a.m. when they leave. So okay, so yeah. you've got guys who are sitting there for six seven hours. What, yes. doing Sudoku? Yeah, well, yes, and uh, expecting and preparing for our guests to, to go home. So we're, we're a chauffeur service, we're a premium service, and, and, and of course we, we, we do everything we, we need to meet our guest expectations, which is, you know, after 1 a.m. once the party is over to, to get home as, as fast as possible. So what's the premium for that price-wise, given that you've effectively taken a car out of commission for most of the night? Yeah, I think it's the the premium on New Year's Eve tends to be high because of the because of the struggles um, uh, around uh, around um, the, you know the capacity that we need to reserve during the night during the festivities. Um, I would say in general, though, it's probably the premium is probably around thirty to forty percent what you would um, you would pay for um, for for a normal normal uh, ride hailing um, service. Do you expect to be fully booked out by the time people are putting on their sequins this evening? Yes. Hundred percent, yeah, and and we've been growing tenfold in a, in a year's time, right? So we have a full electric fleet that's grown so much in in twelve months, um, and you know, and still we get fully booked on nights like this, like very, very, very fast. Yeah. Why have you gone electric? Well, I think it's um, well. There, there were multiple reasons, right? Um, one, and why we've gone electric, and specifically in Dubai, um, in the first place, it's the first market where we have a full electric fleet. Uh, we've gone electric, in preparation for COP28, but but also second is because, you know, this is what we are as a brand. We've been carbon neutral since since our start, and and we saw an opportunity to to launch this new shiny product in Dubai and and build a full electric fleet. Are customers actually asking for it? I think they are asking for it, um, but they're not willing to compromise at least our customers with the quality of the service. So that's why we have to be very selective in terms of what cars we, we use. Our cars have massage seats, air conditioned seats, so you, you can really relax in the back of the car. Uh, we have a chauffeur academy. It's not just about the car. It's also about our chauffeurs and uh, being trained to the highest standards of etiquette and so on. What does it add to your costs going or not or take away from your costs going electric? Going electric, I would say, is 20% cheaper than operant, operating a similar vehicle um, with a, a petrol engine um, in, the same, in the same category. Right? Okay, we've got about two minutes left with you. Tell me quickly what kind of training your chauffeurs have undergone for New Year's. Obviously, they need to know, as you say, the road closures. What else? Well, they need to know the road closures. They need to know what potential roads might be closed during New Year's Eve. So there's the official ones that are being closed around downtown and and, and um, the IFC, but there will also be expected temporary road closures um, uh, around uh, the Palm and um, the Creek. So they need to be trained on that, and they need to be trained, what, you know, where to 
uh, drop off the guest uh, in this situation so that the guest can still reach um, their destination. Um, so this is the main training we go through for New Year's Eve is, is, is specifically with regards to road closures and what are the options for, the, for our guests um, in case of a, an, an, an unexpected road closure happens. Yes. Okay, and you said there's about 30-40% premium for New Year's Eve. If I was getting you to pick me up um, from downtown, what kind of money are we talking tonight? Or Sunday night, rather? Um, Sunday night, I would say it's probably around 400 to 500 dirham. Thank you so much for joining us. Nicholas Suquet is the UAE General Manager for Black Lane, speaking to us um, about UA, about uh, New Year's nomics here in the UAE, how busy they're expecting to be on New Year's Eve um, and what it means price-wise for those who are out and about. Catch up on the business headlines with the Bite Size Business Breakfast. Well, we are counting down to the economics of New Year's Eve. Brandy Scott is DJ this morning to get us in the mood. It's gonna be a Busy time for the restaurant industry, of course. Spiro Panagakis with us in the studio, friend of the Business Breakfast. He is the co-founder of BB Social Dining, restaurant in DIFC, as well as Soul Soups and Philotimos. Spiro, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Richard and Brandy. How are you? We're good. Thanks very much indeed. We're looking at the economics of New Year's Eve. So, Nando's... With a view of the fireworks in Dubai Mall charging 5,000 dirhams a seat. I'm looking at Dubai Opera House, Jasper Hope, our guest co-host this morning, no longer working there. Seats there from 2,000 dirhams each. Looking at your place, though, which is a restaurant in DIFC, so close to the action, but not quite in the heart of the action. And you're charging from 550 dirhams on New Year's Eve, which is... Not cheap, but it struck me as quite low, Spiro. What's the market like? Uh, look, I, we, we took an approach this year because of um, a couple of reasons. Um, the supply in Dubai today has grown exponential, uh, let's call it in comparison to the year before. Um, if we looked at how the demand into the new year, uh, last year versus this year, whilst it was a delayed um, let's call it the approach where people would call up last minute. Um, our pricing was sitting at 750, and that was an all-inclusive package, 750 from 9 p.m. all the way through to 3 a.m. This year, we said, okay, what what what's what's the availability? Can can we start prices at a higher value? But in mind and keeping in kind to uh, the sensitivity currently in the market, we've also seen that the dining experience this year is going to be different to what the dining experience was last year. And I say sensitivity on, on a sort of a global scale, what's happening around us in, in the neighboring countries, um, because what we're feeling is that our experience, we don't want to show it as a full celebration. We want to ensure that we're compassionate to our community because being a homegrown brand, the whole principle is about how we look after the community itself. Okay, so starting at 550 dirhams, and that's food and drinks included, and then from 12 midnight, you're offering a, a, a different package, which is a drinks package. So kind of breaking it down rather than you know, having seven or eight hours of just going for it, all you could eat, you're, you're breaking it down a little bit. Is that responding to market demand? I, I look, I think it is because uh, diversity this year is, is is extremely important. We talked about the year of sustainability. Um, when I mentioned before about uh, supply 
um, we, we're seeing a, a big tendency for people wanting to go to the fireworks. So families and the communities at large are more focusing on, let's call it the spirit of New Year's Eve versus what's called the entertainment value of New Year's Eve and having a party per se. So the value proposition says, okay, can, can we have a dining experience um, at a great value uh, price ticket? And then also for those that want to go to the fireworks and then want to come indoors into an environment which is non-fireworks, which is the DIFC predominantly, and we see it in our neighboring restaurants as well. The demand within the DIFC this year, is, it's, it's, it's a different kettle of fish. It's not, it's not the same as uh, years prior. So um, it's, just, it's just being realistic about how the offering is going to um, support. What do you mean the demand is different from other years? I, I mentioned those words, uh, the, the celebration of New Year's Eve. Um, it's it, it's taken a different tone. We feel it within the community that there's a, a slight step back in terms of why are we going to go out. Um, so the principle behind, let's call it the festivity, um, I think is taking more of a traditional approach. Are we also seeing a difference in who's going out, tourists versus residents? Uh, that's... That's, that's a huge... Our community in the DIFC, as we know, uh, uh, sort of from a local to a, a Middle Eastern community that's there day in, day out, um, yes, there is a change. There's a, there's a reality that um, we, we ourselves say, OK, let's, let's be sensitive about what we're offering this year. Um, let, let, let the fireworks take its, um, uh, what's called it, its grandeur, as it always does, um, and let's focus on 2024 as to how uh, we bring the community together uh, so that our offerings are not about big ticket prices, the, the, the five, the 10, the 20,000 dirhams a ticket. Because again, is it a one-off? Are we talking about sustainability? Are we talking about the future of our restaurants? Or are we just talking about a one-night hit and then the rest of the, uh, what do you call it, real estate is empty going forward after that? Yeah, it's interesting looking at, we mentioned this earlier, Time Out has got a good list of the most expensive New Year's Eve deals. And a lot of them are in Dubai Mall, on the strip, next to the fountain, with a great view of the fireworks. We talked about Nando's, 5,000 dirhams. Starbucks is over 2,000 dirhams. Five Guys is several thousand dirhams as well. If I think about your restaurant, you're in DIFC, you're... you're you, am I right in thinking you've got a small terrace that does have some kind of view of the fireworks... But it's not like being next to the fountain. Is that an accurate portrayal? Yeah, it's uh, traditionally the DIFC uh, come midnight, even in the old days, and uh, it's called the Zuma days. People used to get up and go out and go see the fireworks for 10, 15 minutes and then come back inside. Um, in our restaurant, of course, you get the reflections coming across from the tall towers, um, but we don't have a direct view. Um, right. Whereas if you look at um, our new space in Abu Dhabi, in Almaria Island, the demand is 10 times higher this year. Um, well, obviously this year because it's our first year, but because of the fact that we've got direct views over uh, the fireworks. So uh, we've seen that natural shift uh, back to the festivity of the, and the principle of why are we going out this year. So, so could you charge more in Abu Dhabi at your outlet there because you've got a direct view of the fireworks? Uh, we, we, our starting price um, in, in Abu Dhabi is 750 um, to 950, and that uptake has been fantastic. So um, we're not we're not out to to take people's uh, money, just as I said before, as a one-off. Um, but by nature, 
the fact that they can come out from, say, nine o'clock all the way through to three o'clock in the morning, see the celebrations of um, uh, the fireworks. Uh, we saw it on uh, National Day as well. I mean, Ahmadiyya was, was phenomenal in Abu Dhabi. And it's great to see Abu Dhabi. Uh, I, I look at two, two, just two quick little things. Dubai growth versus Abu Dhabi growth. Um, this year, Dubai, um, it's real estate versus what Abu Dhabi's done on a slower scale. And you see the demand back into the restaurants. Um, it seems a better spread. And it's, it's not, it doesn't feel like there's dilution in the market, um, if I can say that, in comparison to the two. A quick word from our guest presenter this morning, Jasper Hope, advisor to the Royal Commission for Riyadh City. 30 seconds, Jasper. What are we going to expect? Because you spend a lot of time in, in Riyadh. What are we going to expect in Riyadh on New Year's Eve? I think it is uh, similar to what you see here in that there are some hotspots, there will be some some party zones, uh, but there is also a sensitivity about celebration in general across the region. Uh, and in certain areas, it will just be more muted. So you get the, you get the mix. You know, Riyadh is a, is a large city, 8 million people or thereabouts. Everything... Uh, is possible there, um, and there will be some huge events, but not kind of universal across the city. And Jasper, hope more from him throughout the show this morning. But for now, we say thank you to Spiro Panagakis. He is the founder of BB Social Dining. Spiro, good to see you. Thanks very much indeed for being with us. Busy time for you. We're going to let you get back to the kitchens. Happy New Year to everybody. Just the highlights. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast. We are looking at the business of New Year's Eve. Happy New Year. And we are very pleased to be joined in the studio by one yacht charter service, which says it's been booked out for New Year's Eve for months. Mihai Strezer is the GM of Seven Yachts. It's lovely to see you, Mihai. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. So when did you when did you sell out? Uh, I think our last boat that we sold out was in September. September this year was, was the final one. Um, we have, I want to say, one option available but it's it's at a very high price so it's kind of speculative that it's even going to get sold um but yeah it was uh we we sell out every year i'd say three four months uh prior to the event um just because our pricing is a little bit more reasonable uh i think a lot of competitors kind of shoot for the moon with some super high win the lottery kind of price um but for us, it's not like we're cheap. We're still almost double what would be a, a normal daily rate for, for the boats on any other given day. Um, and that's worked out well for us thus far. What kind of money are we talking for you then for New Year's Eve? Depends the size of the boat. So we have uh, like a 20-meter boat, like a 60-foot boat. Typically on a, any given day would be maybe 20000 for a, for a whole day for overnight. On New Year's, we'd sell that same boat for 40000 so we double that, and then some options go up to two hundred thousand, five hundred thousand um, for for a twenty four hour time on board. And who's booking those? What are you seeing this year? I think New Year's Eve is special. Um, that doesn't really matter what's going on in the world. People are going to come here and celebrate New Year's, especially people spending this kind of money. Um, they're not so affected. For the regular day to day charters, we've definitely seen a, a step back. Uh, this year in tourism, we've had a lot of residents that that live here, had lived here, or have recently moved here. Um, definitely seeing a lot less uh, tourists, 
booking for the day-to-day, but New Year's, I would say uh, it, it's a mix. I'd say it's about 50-50 plus uh, some of these boats take 20 40, 60 people, there's a lot of guests coming on board, so it's hard to say who's actually attending. What's your gut feel on the tourists? What are you hearing anecdotally? What's your feeling? What's going on? So I think this year, a lot of, especially with with what happened at the end of last year with with Ukraine and and crypto kind of collapsing, um, a lot of Russians moved here which was a big segment of our uh, industry, was the Russian tourists that were coming here to kind of holiday spend, bring their families, friends, etc. Uh, I, I think I feel like a lot of them have moved here and relocated and spent on uh, buying new houses, setting up a kind of like a second life, um, which for us was a big segment. But I'd say we've got a lot more residents and kind of repeat clients that live here that, that have that extra money to spend. Um, but definitely a lot of the sort of weekend tourists have, have sort of disappeared this year. What's your demographic mix? What nationalities are booking your boats? Typically, I'd say we have, uh, it's definitely mixed, for sure mixed. We have Americans, we have kind of from all over Europe, we have Brit- a, lot, a lot of British, we have a lot of Russians, um, a lot of Chinese have started coming in the last two years. So it's, de- it's definitely, uh, definitely diverse, yeah. It's really interesting you mentioned the crypto collapse mm. there. Was that big for your market? Talk me through that. Yeah, I think we had a ton of new money clients that came into a lot of money fast that were looking to splurge and looking to spend quickly. Um, I, I remember the, the last two years, we had a lot of younger clients coming through in their 20s that were spending very big money, big boats um, often. So that, that definitely took a, helped us take a step back. <laughs> yeah. So what has 2023 been like in general for you? In general, I think we've had to kind of diverse and look at other things. It's helped us grow a little bit. We've looked at, uh, we've recently moved some of our fleet to the Maldives um, to work with different hotels there. Uh, we've started doing, focusing a lot more on sales, on the refit of boats, doing different kind of renovation projects. Um, things like that. Like I said, we've definitely taken a step back this year. Are you saying that you just haven't been as as busy? There hasn't been as much demand? No, for sure, no. I think over the last seven years, we've had almost 20% growth each year. And this has been the first year that we've taken a step back from that, which is... um, Which is interesting because town this year has felt very busy. The property market has boomed. It's felt, if anything, mm -hmm. quite frothy. Yeah, but I think it's been kind of the... Living expenses have, have increased, and then it's kind of taken away from people's expendable income. Something like yachts is the absolute final luxury that you would do. Uh, and, and we did have a big chunk of middle upper class market that, that could spend on that, that now have had to put that money towards rent, towards cars, towards school fees, etc. Just costs of living have increased. But yeah. So you've taken the decision to move what? Some of the boats that would normally be in Dubai to the Maldives? Yes, yes. We've had, uh, for a long time, we've, we've played with the idea, but we've had contracted offers put in um, that were going to net us more uh, over there than they, than they would here in Dubai. Um, and these are long, year-long contracts. So rather than having to focus on doing a booking each day ongoing for the whole year, it's easier to sign that one contract, send the boat over, and then we get it back in a year. 
Are you expecting this year then to be quieter if you're taking those boats out for the whole year? What's your 2024 thoughts? Ideally, we would replace those boats. It's tough to say because it's been a slow December so far. Um, but hopefully when things kind of neutralize the uh, or stabilize, uh, rent prices come down a little bit, car prices, everything like that, people have more, uh, more income to spend, uh, spend on the yachts. It's still one of the best things to do in Dubai, so uh, hopes are high. You're not biased in the slightest. No. <laughs> Talk to me about those retrofits. Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about the fashion of boats. Do, do what people want from a yacht, does it, does it change? What are you doing with them, or is it just a refresh? It's, it's a refresh and it's a change. I think typically we've looked at getting boats that are five to ten years old in really good condition uh, and, and making those charter boats. Um, and it's just kind of bringing those boats into a newer life, changing some soft furnishings. Uh, we've been doing the painting of boats. There's been a trend of black and dark silver colored boats coming in. So we've been trying to keep up with that trend um, and just making things a little bit different. Yeah. Is there any sense, given that we've got more marinas here in Dubai than I think we've ever had in the, the last sort of 30 seconds we've got with you, um, that some of your more high-end clients are buying their own? Yes, this is happening. And then we're getting a lot of uh, people bringing their boats in from, from other countries. Some rules have changed in the UAE. Now foreign boats can charter in the country. So we'll definitely see an influx of newer, more modern, bigger boats even coming through to kind of explore the region as well. Okay, 20 seconds left. You've got one boat left. You said the pricing would be speculative. If you do sell it, how much are you going to charge? 550000 for the night. All right. If you, need, if you need a yacht, we've got one available. Yeah. Our commission is very, very reasonable, Mihai. <laughs> uh, Mihai Striever joining us this morning. He is the general manager of Seven Yachts. Um, speaking to his, about his boats, all sold out, all booked out since September, except for one. If you've got half a million dirhams spare, you can call us. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.